Paul was fired. Welcome to our graveyard Halloween episode. Hey, did you pick this line or did you just say that? Hi, I'm Amy Axelson, joined by my mom, Barb Axelson, and this is Juvenile Svengali's. You know what you can. And it was actually quite nicer than I was anticipating. Have some fun with us and join us in our search for what happened to my mom's grandfather. Welcome to Juvenile Svengali's where we find out what happened to Byron Wadsworth Culver, Princeton graduate, successful businessman, asylum inmate, and juvenile Svengali. I just said, you know, I just want a marker. Have you ever wondered what happened to a missing relative? You know those stories that get mumbled over or waved off? Wait, how, how old was he? 85 to 65. He was, so he was 65 and 20. So he was 80. What? He was 80, right? Last time on Juvenile Svengali's. The Briggs case has turned the town of Eau Claire into a mammoth debating club. On this episode of Juvenile Svengali's, we visit the Hillside Cemetery across from the Marshfield Medical Center in Marshfield, Wisconsin. And we get to meet and talk to Jody Kiffmeyer of the Chippewa Valley Museum. Uh, yeah, 65 and 15. He was 80? He was 80. Oh my God, so from the time he was like 23 years old till the time he was 80, he was in, a, he was in an insane asylum? Yeah. Oh my God. Oosh. That's a long time. That's a long time. And he was across the street? Well, I guess I guess not. I guess Norwood was down that way. Well, where's the Santa Asylum? Down the street. Down the street, and there's a barn. There's still a barn that says. Should we see the barn? Yeah. yeah. I don't know if I can find it. I highly recommend Hillside Cemetery if you haven't visited. It's a beautiful cemetery. The grounds are gorgeous, and the staff is quite lovely, actually, and extremely helpful. They have a lot of interactive maps. I highly recommend just visiting it and checking it out. It's it's really, um, it's quite interesting and a great experience. We had a great experience there. We are going to come back to the cemetery, but we're going to go to visit Jody next. Now, Jody Kiffmeyer um, of the Chippewa Valley Museum is someone that I contacted one after I found the Juvenile Svengali's article and after I found the um, Mabel Briggs article. Greg Koken has become insanely helpful. And of course, Mark Lynn. Greg, Jody, and Mark have not only been helpful in trying to unravel this mystery, but just flat out enabling me. So I really want to thank Greg, Jody, and Mark. Um, but let's go talk to Jody. You're going to understand why she's so much fun. Uh, wait, just before we start, I just want to let, um, let you know we're with Jody from the Chippewa Valley Museum. Characters are crazy. Oh, yeah. 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 The more I'm listening to <laughs> your podcast, nuts. I'm like, oh, yeah, there is more to this. Story. <laughs> <laughs> Something's going on here. <laughs> I didn't realize, like, the Chicago papers had it. and um, there's, there's one from Indiana. There's one from Chicago. The Chicago Chronicle is just full of stuff. And then there's there. another one. The one that goes to, because it, it went nationwide and then you've got all these other papers, there's one, it's called the Illinois something. Uh, anyway, it's an Illinois paper. Okay. And in it, at the very end of it, they start talking about, in the Chicago Chronicle at some point they go, oh, and Eau Claire, by the way, has the history of um, hypnotism in Eau Claire is not to be 
you know, there, there's Even not more, yeah. right. There was, there's a blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, which this is the first time I've heard of that. <laughs> and <laughs> so then it's like, okay, so, so I'm like, well, what is that all about? So mm-hmm. then I'm kind of like poking around a little bit and then you, you find more hip. Then there's another article saying, oh, blah, blah, blah. It has to do with this Mabel Briggs trial. Okay. Uh-huh. Okay. And I'm like, who's Mabel Briggs? Wait a minute. Cause we have a, <laughs> we have another family member, her, David Drummond. Okay, yeah. Who is, is married to Ella Briggs. Is married okay. to Ella Briggs. Drummond. Oh. Yeah. yeah. So. But it's, I, I haven't yet found a connection, but I think. There's got to be one. There's got to be one. Be they all from Eau Claire? They're, they're around the block from each other. Oh, well, then, yes, it would seem likely that there's some kind of connection. So what I some can't cousin, figure out is that, so Ella Briggs and David Drummond. So, okay. When she did a little trip to Pickens' office. Right. Right. There was they she goes down on Water Street, right? And uh-huh. it looks like she's going to old lady Briggs's house because Myron Briggs went off with David Drummond. They so David Drummond and Myron Briggs Myron Briggs is Ella's father. Father. Okay. Yes. They're like these old crazy uh capitalists, right? And they would have there like, were lots of them. Here. Right. They're not they're they all, were thick we were thick, thick with old crazy thick capitalists. With these guys who would like Kill the what, you know, who knows what they did oh, like out in the trees. Yeah, yeah, they clear cut. I should show you some pictures. Like, well, you see what it looks like now, right? Uh-huh. And up, especially more up north where I grew up, um, it's it's a resort area. There are trees everywhere. You cannot look anywhere without seeing a tree line. And but you see pictures of a hundred years ago, and it's just it looks like a wasteland. It just there are no trees. Really? And I when I first started looking at pictures, you know, this was years ago when I first started looking at historical photos of the area. I thought this can't be from here. Somebody wrote made a mistake, and then I realized, oh yeah, the cutover. It just looks awful. It looks like a wildfire or some kind of destructive force. Well, some kind of destructive force did come through. <laughs> Briggs and Drummond would go to Florida on these crazy fishing trips and they'd bring like press junkets with them and okay. have, like an entourage and they would report back. So on one of them, Myron picks up some bro- some uh, a lady and he just leaves his wife. How do you find all this? How are you- I have never seen this. She's I'll, 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 I have articles back. I need to come back to Myron Briggs because there's a reason why there would have been a trip that Mabel took that would have involved Myron Briggs. And there's also a reason why Mabel's trip to the Vitapathic Institute could have been influenced by Myron Briggs. I gotta get back to that because that's a whole complicated series of events. Put a pin in that one. And he's like this big civil warrior. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So he, he was on the color guard. Was he a hero? He was, was a he veteran. With, he was, was a he veteran. With the Eagle Regiment. Yes. yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's a whole another story here. Have oh, you read is that much another? Of... Well, no. It's just that's what Eau Claire. I mean, like one of our high school teams is named the Old Abe's because Old Abe, the Eagle, was their mascot. And actually, yeah, there's all kinds of stuff I could go into, but you go ahead and finish what you were. I know. It's like one rabbit hole after uh-huh. another. Yeah. And I can't stop rabbit holing. I can't even begin to tell you. Yep. It's gotten... And that's my job. That's what. <laughs> oh, you're I a mean, rabbit holing. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, sometimes, and my boss is kind of like that too, so at least she sympathizes with me. I'm like, I'm trying to get all this stuff done, but there are so many rabbit trails. This is Mabel's neighborhood, and Mabel 
she lived somewhere she would have taken a trip so water street would be down right so yep. she would have gone i'll post this on the website Joseph Briggs, Mabel's father, north of Phoenix Park at, at 608 Forest Street, Eau Claire, Wisconsin. Now that's north of Phoenix Park. Water Street is pretty far. Water Street goes across the Chippewa River. But what I think is interesting is Margaret Margaret Briggs's house is located on the corner around State Street behind Oakwood Place. Then if you go across the Chippewa River to the west, Myron Briggs is staying at the Horace Bright House on Menominee North and 10th Avenue. And he's residing there. Now that gets more interesting why he's residing there. Or when I looked up Margaret Briggs's house, it said that she was a widow. She wasn't a widow at the time. So I'll get into more of that later. But Mabel Briggs's path would start north of Phoenix Park, go down to State Street, and then pass down on Water Street and towards the Horace Bright House on 10th and Menominee North. Now, there's a there's a reason why I think this path is interesting, other than the fact that it could be, she could be related to um, Margaret and Myron. And I don't think it's a coincidence. Mabel would have lived somewhere around here. We can look. Where she would have gone down here, passed on her way here to her, to her, her grandmother's, grandmother's house. Or, or something, okay. right? And then she would have maybe talked to her grandmother or her or aunt or mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. And then, oh, but Myron, because he got kicked out of the house. Oh, that's right. Because he... He's staying down with this dude over here. Okay. The Horace Bright House. Okay. And he's residing there. Okay. But while she's going towards there, she passes by the Vitapathic Institute okay. at 314 Water Street, which I'm convinced at this point that there's two bodies of girls, like, on the bottom of this thing. But 314 anyway. Water Street, yeah, that's, um, Water Street is kind of a historic, well, it's near the college, so a lot of college students hang out in that area, but okay. yeah, it's kind of a from, yeah, Water Street is interesting. <laughs> was, that, was that the, um... The this brothel is, area? The it, red light district? Um, no. I don't know that there was a... Although, I mean, probably in the air, more in the areas of the lumber mills that were. Right. Been, um, but, well, there, and there was a ferry landing right if for, at the end of 4th Avenue. So, 3rd, 4th. Yeah, there was a ferry landing right here. Or no, a steamboat landing. Oh. And so um, the steamboats would tie up here and then come up and um, the, the workers on the steamboats would would um, patronize the businesses here. So like there was a there was actually a black man who had a barber shop on on oh. Water Street who he catered to the steamboat captains. So Really? Yeah, what what time period though? Are you, I think this, this is 1894. Been... Okay. So probably yeah, he would have been there at that time but at that time already um, the railroad came in 1870 mm-hmm. and so by that time the steamships weren't coming anymore oh, and right. so Henry's business failed and I think a lot of these businesses probably um, the traffic all changed it started coming through, through to the railroad which was north of the Eau Claire River that's where a lot of in fact we have a little model train out there of oh, that cool. area so <laughs> so that would make sense because that this is the Vitapathic Institute this is Dr. Pickin in the Vitapathic Institute which is, is a kind of... And this is right here, for yeah. Water? And that's okay. where the business was, and that's where, or business, or whatever you want to call it, which is kind of sounds like a kind of like a, a business that's a little experimental. Yeah, there was a... You probably run across the um, advertisements in the newspapers of all these, and, and they'll get somebody local to do a, you know... Testimony. Yes. Yes. Right. Yes. yes. And it looks like it's just 
oh, somebody just put something in the newspaper because right. they were so happy. Yes, <laughs> so. testimonials. Yes. So he's running this business. He also has this partner with like this big fur coat. Dr. Pickett. Dr. Pickett. Dr. Pickett. Yeah. What is it called? The Vita- Vitapathic Institute. Yeah. And it's 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 like electrotherapy because apparently that was really big at the time because of the whole you know the the new the coming of electricity. Okay. And it became and this is so Shelley. <laughs> Shelley came out with Frankenstein in or the early 1800s. There's a book where they talk about how they reanimated a body and the, and they they stuck um, a, a a rod. I'm sorry, I'm thinking. Oh my goodness. A rod up the mm-hmm. of the and it and the the heart started beating and but then it stopped. Right. So that kind of precipitated the whole Frankenstein right. blah blah blah. So there is some kind of like weird idea with this new technology okay. of electricity that there is a possibility of health benefits. Okay. Okay. And so that's kind of what what that comes okay. from. Okay. Okay. Some kind Boy, of therapy. Isn't this like it's people like around one... here are going to be thrilled about to hear this story? <laughs> this is like so rabbit holy. Okay, so we start with that. Oh my god. Okay, so then my theory is that she went down here. I think Pickin was messing around with this electricity. I think he got some girls and he was experimenting with them with this stuff, Ooh. you know, and they were potentially um, ladies of ill repute mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because I think that this area, because of the lumbermen, had comings and goings sure, and, and right. girls who I think at some point were human traffic, it, it, mm-hmm. that there was a little human trafficking going on. It's very possible. Yeah, especially with a lot, so many immigrants. And, um, right. And and I think he accidentally killed some of these kids, really? these girls, and Did stuffed you? them in the basement. Oh my goodness. And then... So but, you want to go to 422 Water. Right. <laughs> I think... There's two. There were two dead bodies in there. Mabel Briggs, where it looks like Pickin was trying to um, human traffic her, okay. and that she people recognized her. And was, so when she was kidnapped, the time she was kidnapped, there was like um, when she was at his house and they were doing music and stuff like that. There was ten men that visited her in that evening. I've got to hear <laughs> from the, the trial. trial. Okay. Yeah, okay. And then I was like, where? How would they? But yeah, in the trial. In the trial, right. they would. In and then they were interviewed ten men, but those boys kind of just disappeared somehow okay. and those they're, and they're never named she had a friend too right that was somehow involved who disappears magically okay. do we have a name she has a name she has a name she has a name it's, she was in the first bit of articles. Alma Leonard. Because what happens is that this this case becomes kind of famous, mm-hmm. and it, I think it might have precipitated other legal oh precedents or somehow. Mm-hmm. Okay. This part of the family. Yesterday, while well, she's looking for me, yeah, let me just. Yesterday, um, we went and found in Marshfield. You know, he was Byron Culver. Oh, was right. incarcerated in Marshfield mm-hmm. from 1928. In 1965, when he died, and okay. there's like wow. nothing, there's no record of what he was doing. You know what his life was. Sure. You know they they haven't kept the. Um, I haven't been able to find records. anything. No, there's fires. There's yeah. You know, oh yeah. Um, yeah. There's there's maybe it isn't such a good idea to keep these records from when they were doing lobotomies. That you know. Oh right. That yeah. kind of thing. A little bit uh, sensitive. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, so I, so far, I haven't been able to find anything. I knew that he was buried in, in the cemetery across from the Marshfield Clinic. Okay. My husband okay. and I found that information 15 years ago or so. So I always wanted to get him a headstone. So last April, I got him a headstone. So oh, poor old Byron. Okay. We found it yesterday. We were driving around the cemetery and, and we saw poor old Byron got a headstone. Okay. Yeah. When she exhibited Chloe Vermin Power, Chloe Ver- Chloe. 
Clairvoyant. Thank you. Clairvoyant <laughs> power. Um, so she, at some point, had testified that there were two people buried in the basement, and then that just kind of went away. And you can't find any other. Oh, really? Yeah. And I was like, well, how come that got dropped? So from? that was from the trial? Um, it was in the paper. I well, they published a lot of the trial. I mean, that was. Seems to be redacted or in and then goes away. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's, you have to be so careful with the newspapers from that time. They didn't bother to. No. <laughs> they didn't bother to fact check a no. lot of stuff. Spell. Uh, oh, no. Spelling never. Names yep. or just yep. whatever they. F- and it's really spotty before 18. 1890, some of the, or 1880 maybe. This is what I was looking for. A singular case in Wisconsin attracted much attention in 1894. A young girl of 15 after the day and a half's absence. Now she's 15? Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yep, I researched a teenager and she was 14 and then she was 16 and then she was 15 and yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's furry. <laughs> um, an examination showed that she had been assaulted. A physician who did not believe in hypnotism treated her for six weeks. Like, what? What? Believing her to be under some drug, she seemed to be sleepwalking state acted automatically upon any suggested offer to her, but seemed incapable of exercising judgment. Okay, well, she's 15. I mean, <laughs> she and the judge, the young man whose company she was last seen, had been in the habit of hypnotizing each other. Her condition remained unchanged. Dr. Flint was called. Okay, Dr. Flint's super fun. Uh, so the young man, okay, her condition, Dr. Flint, okay, you show her the post. <laughs> uh, finally called him by the authorities to solve the problem. She responded readily, hypno- readily to hypnosis, stated that she and the young man had passed the night in her absence in the woods. So this is Little, little Niagara. Do you know where Little mm-hmm. Niagra is? Yeah, it's right on the campus. Yeah. Well, it depends on what part. They hung out and like drank there or whatever okay. it could be just you know she's doing she's yeah you doing, can see little niagara you know, when you're on campus that he that he had offered her no indignity it could have been just they were hanging out and, right you know whatever and he's not is her friend named it's it's uh azigail picking oh it's picking son oh, so there's okay there's kind of a, a dispute as to whether or not he raped her Okay. So and then I remember coming across that's right. It was there were two men that were involved and so right. it was his son. His son may have they may have been hanging out. Okay. That he offered her no indignity, but that while he was gone to secure something for breakfast, two prominent businessmen of the city came along and each assaulted her while the other helped to hold her. <gasps> so my question is Who were these Who were these two prominent businessmen? Right. Hmm. And were they? Have you tried getting the court records from? I have. I have. From that trial? From that trial. Because I, I want to see them. You got it. <laughs> um, they're difficult to decipher. I, 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 I kind of, you know, the language is mm-hmm. yeah. very um, archaic. Yep. archaic. Uh, it's, in, it's in cursive, which is fine, but it's like, I can't read it. It's, yeah. On the next episode of Juvenile Svengali's. Violently and. Wow. We continue our conversation with Jody. So, there, okay, so Jane Culver wrote a book. Oh, okay, so that's Joseph Culver's daughter. Okay, and this is 20 minutes ago. A hypnotic green parrot. And of course, Florida. Old Abe and a Civil War veteran. An alligator makes a special guest appearance. An abduction and a possible double murder. Join us as we uncover what happened to my mom's grandfather in the bizarre world and colorful cast of characters we discover in the most unlikely of places, the Gilded Age of Eau Claire, Wisconsin. Thank you for listening to Juvenile Svengali's. We hope to see you next time. 
a special thank you to Mark Glenn, TF. Music by Jason Shaw of Audionautics.com. Simon Sounds, Dude Awesome, and Frankie of Freesound.org. Thank you for listening to Juvenile Svengali's. Special thanks for their help and encouragement to Associate Professor Greg Koken, Head Special Collections Librarian and University Archivist at the University of Wisconsin-Eau Claire, and Jody Kiffmeyer, Archivist at the Chippewa Valley Museum at Eau Claire. And special thanks to Hillside Cemetery in Marshfield and Forest Hill Cemetery in Eau Claire. This is Amy Axelson. And I'm Barb Axelson. And this is Juvenile Svengali's. Juvenile Svengali's is written, edited, and produced by Amy Axelson. And if you want to get lost in the fascinating history of Eau Claire and the Chippewa Valley, go to cvmuseum.com. Happy Halloween!